going to have an interesting rumination Thursday on this September the 26th in the year of our Lord 2019. And uh, I was kind of busy last night uh, worshiping plants. Worshiping plants? <laughs> what am I talking about, Wes Reimnitz? Oh, the latest out of a liberal seminary that uh, said, let's pray to plants as part of our, and, and confess our sins to them you know, for, for the harm that we've done to them. For a long time, of course, nature has often replaced God. I've uh, noticed that people will say, boy, did you ever go to the Grand Canyon and see how beautiful it is? And, you know, you just want to worship there. And I say, yeah, I'll turn on the Discovery Channel if I want to see the Grand Canyon. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not that. We're we're not very vacation-minded in those areas. So when you call me and indicated that you had found some articles about people actually worshiping plants. Until I got the material from you, they actually have a photograph of individuals in a ring around plants. Right. Yeah. What's their reason? Uh, Well, they explain it as... as, in context of the social climate, uh, you know, the, we got global warming going on. Why not? Why not also say that uh, we we fail to honor and, and confess the plants uh, uh, of what's going on? It quite frankly escapes me as to to the the reasons other than. Uh, uh, they're they're living beings. At the core, they say they're they're, they're another form of life, and uh, it seems to me they're equating it to human life. Well, there are a couple of things I did. I, I, I did a little bit more work on that, and uh, the worship of plants and trees actually kind of began because of the intoxicating liquids that people would get from them. And they, <laughs> and they became high and this sort of thing. So if you believe in evolution, therefore there's really not that much difference between a plant and a human being because there's no God involved and they just came out about. And so therefore plants are as important. Have you been hearing about... Uh, all the things people are trying to do because a lot of the Amazon forest is burning. What's that? Uh, trying to? I know that there have been protests trying to stop the burning of the forest. Yes. Well, some of it is just natural. In fact, um, I often wonder if if people even look at TV. Uh, National Geographic just had a uh, indication about why the. Uh, world is getting hotter or colder or this kind of thing. And, and the whole half hour was about this is just a natural phenomena of the earth that it goes through cycles. And it was primarily blamed on volcanoes that spit out more pollution than all the cars on earth. So <clears throat> this idea that human beings are going to be able to stop the earth from getting warmer or colder as it goes through these various cycles. And they were talking about how many years the cycles occur 
and they weren't mentioning anything about humans making a difference there. And I'm a little sick and tired of hearing from the UN 12-year-old girls trying to tell me about climate change. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there are instances, for instance, uh, if you go back in history in the New England area, they they went deforested areas and that ended up with muddy flooding and they found out that they they had to have tree growth in certain areas to keep the, the rivers clean and the waterways clean. So there there is some some part of it that that says we we've got to watch our ecology and things of that nature, but uh, not praying to, not praying to plants. Yes. It really comes about because of the worship of nature. And a lot of people have worship of nature, which, of course, is contrary to the Word of God, because God is the one who created nature. Hmm. Well, we're also talking about a, a, a seminary that uh, has gone gone by the wayside uh, We've been discussing this for, for the last month or, or so, but here's here's one that uh, very back in the 18, late 1800s, early 1900s, decided that the Bible was no longer the Word of God, and we're starting to see the, effect, the gross effects of that going on there. It once was a denominational seminary. Uh, was it Methodist or I can't remember. Presbyterian. Presbyterian. And then, of course, they left the Scripture. Once you say the Scripture is a man-made document, you have lost Christianity, just like the ELCA has lost it. In fact, what I find interesting is that uh, the last few weeks we've been talking about so-called women pastors in the ELCA now that say it's not necessary to bring people to a knowledge of Christ, Muslims, Jews, others, they can be saved uh, without that knowledge. And then you had women pastors who were atheists and they're still remaining in their congregation, supported by their congregation. And now I note that uh, a lot of the photos about the worship of plants are involving women pastors again. And it shows that once you leave the Word of God and start okaying things that are satanic, like women pastors, then don't be surprised what you're going to end up in hearing as teaching. Yeah, uh, point, well, a point that you really bring out, and, and including this was a seminary that that believes in inner, what they call interfaith, interreligious sort of things. As they pointed out that there's Buddhist, Hindus, besides the Christian denomination, Jewish, Muslims, you know, Unitarian, Universalist, things of that nature that were also involved in that seminary as well as in that worship service. The fact is, getting back to the idea of evolution, that when you believe that there is no supreme being, then the things on earth need to be protected and therefore worship of plants kind of falls right into that category 
because people are worshiping idols. Now, plants, well, they don't seem as idolic because what you have is something that's a living, uh, not breathing, but a a living organism. And that's what uh, evolution has brought in to the world. And therefore, we need to protect it. And we can do so also by making people uh, look to it. And they even pray to the plants, don't they? Yeah. And even pray to the plants. You know, and that's interesting because I talked to a person who has a college degree in horticulture. And they they said, well, you know, they've done studies that uh, playing music to the plants, uh, that, that it does have an effect on them. I said, so, so if we play Christian music and pray to plants, there's a difference. I said, well, I wouldn't go that far and say that that's the case. So, you know, even the horticulturists or the botanists uh, have limits on what they do. Yes, I, I don't have a problem that certain sounds can have an effect on things that are not human. They, they certainly do on animals. You know, dogs... And oh, yeah. such, um, you can calm a dog down with a, a certain piece of music and such. In fact, it works even on humans. In um, where was that? It was in the west, one of the western states. Uh, the subways were having quite a bit of violence on them, and part of the reason they found out was because of the rock music that was being played on the subway. So they mm-hmm. changed it. Uh, the music to uh, old, good, wonderful symphonic type music and such, and it reduced the violence by forty percent. Yeah, there's no doubt that there's there's an effect on this, but I think what, what we're seeing here is uh, a seminary that that's melted down by leaving behind. It's very foundation for which it was founded, which was uh, on the triune God and, and Christ as, as Lord and Savior, and moved into an arena of, of interfaith of many different ways that finally they usher in the worship of plants. And, and that worship really needs to be taken seriously because the only thing you would really want to worship is something that has a control over your life and therefore by worshiping and praying to the plants it, it is amazing to me how certain good scientists can go like to South America or the Amazon and they find plants that actually help with certain diseases mm. Well, they, yeah, the Amazon is a good instance where they say probably many of our medical cures are still out there, and we just haven't discovered them in the plants. So it's it really is a sign of the, of the wonderful creation that God has given to us. And, and in that instance, you know, we want to take care of that creation, um, not to pray to it, but to cultivate it. Uh, as, as we take it over and find cures for our many illnesses out there. So we would look at plants as a way that God does provide for us items that can help cure us or make us feel better uh, properly, not 
in an addicted way, like some plants become, as you well know. I'm just waiting for the time when they're going to have to back off on all these marijuana laws where they're allowing them to be sold and this sort of thing. And pretty soon they're going to find out that uh, marijuana is just as intoxicating and can lead to worse drugs. And look at how many people are dying now because of the drug addiction that's occurring. Right. Well, I think they always knew that it was. I think they're looking at tax revenues. You know, they're looking at other things than... uh, Along with with you can throw in there the the whole gambling thing with casinos and things like this, that somehow the the revenue from that and the taxes are going to bail us out of our problems, and uh, is is as as you know from from history that just isn't the case. One of the things I like watching on YouTube because there's no advertising uh, is the FBI files. They actually have. I don't know, I think 100 programs of how they caught someone. Each one's about 45 minutes long. But uh, when you brought up the gambling, the one started off with uh, a husband and wife being murdered in their home. And the reason was the husband was a judge, and so they thought it was something to do with his judgment, but it wasn't. It was really over the wife who was going to become mayor and stop the gambling casinos from coming into their town. And mm. once she was murdered, the individual who actually murdered her became the mayor and then brought in all these casinos, and it really changed the town. It took six years for the FBI finally to arrest everybody who had done the murder and, and put them in jail. But it, it shows self-interest behind a lot of what we would consider things that are not helpful to human beings. Now, well, I think I think you've pointed that out many times with the word itself called sin. Right in the middle of, of, of the word sin is I, my yes. self-interest. Yeah. And pride. In the middle of pride is I. I, yeah. And self-interest is really what runs the criminal establishment today i think self-interest runs the, the praying the plants and confessing the plants they're trying to come up with some new fad some new phase because they've left me the, the, the seminary itself is left behind it the bible is no longer the word of god and they allow in just not just uh only christian denominations but uh, a variety of uh false religions one of the programs on issues, etc., yesterday was talking about the ordination of pastors, and I found it very interesting. I even learned some things from it. That uh, by and large, there's three ways in which denominations decide what is the the word of God. Uh, the one way is you use the Bible. And try and find out what the Word of God is. The other way is you use your reason. And that's what the world is using today, uh, their reason to make up uh, ways in which to live which are totally immoral, but because the Bible is no longer the source. But then they were mentioning what the Lutheran way is 
to understand what the Word of God is. And I hadn't really quite thought of it that way. But for Lutherans, if you ask a question uh, about the Scripture, according to the vows, when someone is ordained, a pastor, he is to look to the confessions of the Lutheran Church to find the answer. Well, they are written uh, statements of what we believe, teach, and confess. Isn't that what we would say? Absolutely, and they're accurate summaries of the Bible. For instance, I don't Mm -hmm. know if a lot of people know this, but the Apostles' Creed, every phrase is a Bible verse or part of a Bible verse. There's nothing in there that's not in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. that's why, you see, we could say, um, I believe that uh, not in God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, but we could say, uh, I believe in plants that are to be worshipped because they help us very much. I believe in animals. And you can say all kinds of things that, you know, may be in the Bible here and there, but they're not the important parts of the Bible as the Holy Trinity is, as confessed in the Apostles' Creed. But every phrase is a quote from the Bible. Yeah, and, you know, when you say at our ordination of the Lutheran pastors that they agree with with, uh, what's been written in the confessions, they do that at at an installation service uh, of our churches. Uh, they are, again, asked if they believe in the canonical books of the Bible, the Old and New Testament, right. and, the, and the confession. So it isn't, it's repeated, not just only at ordination, but at their installation of, into a church. The, they did make a distinction that what is specific about the ordination is that is when a a male is brought into the holy ministry, and he now has received uh, authority to speak God's word and administer the sacraments. That doesn't happen at an installation except for the fact that you're now permitted to also do it at this congregation. Congregation. But the ordination, uh, what I found interesting is how you can have an ordained pastor removed from ministry. And there were three reasons they gave. One is, of course, false teaching. Uh, The other is an immoral lifestyle. But the third was interesting, malfeasance in office. And Mm. that happened to one of my field workers, that he became a pastor, but then he became ill, and he was unable to perform Uh, the ordination duties. And so he no longer is a pastor on the basis of of that. And that's what they were talking about as malfeasance in office, the inability to continue to do what you had promised to do in your ordination vows. Especially, yeah, Luther would speak about that, that if a pastor no longer believed or wanted to do yes perform his duties that he should return to the pew the other thing they talked about the word ordination as to what it comes from did you know because mm. i didn't no 
It comes... well, we studied it at the seminary, but that was 30-some years ago. Yeah, I can't remember a class on that, uh, of the word. But it comes from the Latin ordo, which really means that in the ordination, you're receiving the orders or commands from God to be his voice in therefore preaching and administering the sacraments. Mm. We say it we say it almost every Sunday when we give absolution, don't we? Yes. Yeah, upon this your confession, I by virtue of my office as an ordained pastor. And we want to give the impression or the truth that we don't have any power to forgive sins, but we are doing it in place of Jesus Christ. We become his voice. So therefore, if these women pastors continue to talk about the way they're talking and worshiping of plants, then it is clear that they have forfeited uh, their ordination vows, which, of course, they did because they tried to become a pastor, which is contrary to the word of God. You know what? Yeah, when I read these things, you know what comes to mind is Second Timothy four. You know, uh, be ready to to, uh, to preach the word in season and out of season, reprove, rebroke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure right. sound doctrine, but having their ears itch. You know, there's nothing more important when you move to a new city to check out a congregation before you join it to make sure that it's teaching the Word of God. And that that's why I would only um, encourage people to join a, a Lutheran congregation, but of a confessional nature that still believes in the Book of Concord rather than what uh, ELCA and some other Lutheran denominations are doing. I think that's I think that's well said, and uh, you know to to be taught what the Bible says and only the Bible says. <laughs> and once in a while, I hear that that uh, Missouri Synod Lutherans are too strict because they believe the Bible is the Word of God, and what it and and uh, that's a source and norm for for, for rule in their life. Yes, so many Christians and denominations are saying that the Bible is a human book made up of human beings. And that's why when they read passages, particularly in the Old Testament, against immoral lifestyle, they say, well, that's not for me, because that was back then. But the Holy Spirit is guiding me and directing me in a different direction. And that's what we need to get across to our people that the Holy Spirit is the same Holy Spirit that was hovering over the face of the waters in Genesis 1 and is also in the book of Revelation as the means by which people come to faith. See, and the, the main topic of that, of that Bible, that scripture, is Jesus from, from Genesis to, to Revelation. It's a story about Jesus and the wonderful salvation that he's given to, given to us through his death and resurrection. So how would these people who are praying to plants bring Jesus into it? They don't. <laughs> they don't. No. 
No. Now, Jesus did miracles. Sometimes he didn't use something else. But I remember that, was it the blind man in John 9 that he put mud over his eyes and told him to go wash in the pool of Siloam? Mm. So I'm sure people will start worshiping the mud. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're probably not too far off. You know, what came to mind was the Old Testament with the the Baal, the stone gods that they they went into. Right. You see that in many false civilizations like that. Uh, even the crossing of the Red Sea, God used a strong wind to make two walls of water through which they walked. A lot of people don't recognize that, although I, I think the uh, uh, movie on the Ten Commandments uh, did a pretty good job of showing that as best as they were able to. Yeah, Charlton Heston really had some strong arms there. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm going to be uh, leaving now and uh, going and eating some plants. <laughs> well, I'm not quite a veggie yet. I'm going to have some meat. Oh, well, yeah, but uh, I-, I like salads. Don't you like salads? Oh, yeah, salads are fine, too. That's right. And remember what to whom we pray to every time before we eat. We don't pray to the plants. We pray to God who has provided us the plants for proper purposes. Right. Well said. All right. We'll look forward to next week. I can't understand how you find these crazy things. <laughs> but boy, that that was a, a good one. I, I don't know what I'm looking forward to next week. Well, well, we'll continue to look. And people can ask questions tomorrow on Open Mic Friday if they have any understanding of what we were saying or or need more explanation and we'll try and do that but thanks so much Wes for being with us and we'll look forward to next week's Rumination Thursday thank you God bless morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.